All right, y'all, I have a special episode for you today with a guest, uh, Aubrey Malik of Freelancer to CEO. I actually reached out to her and I was like, please come teach me and my people <laughs> all the things about really scaling your business with the help of a VA, how to put together the right team, how to make that transition, how to like not freak out when you need to hand something over. So I just asked her a lot of questions that I know a lot of us business owners have. <laughs> Some of them are honestly dumb questions, really. But you know what? We all have questions. And really, I truly believe that the only dumb question is the one that we don't ask. So listen in to our conversation today. I'm really excited to share this with you guys because I know that having help in my business has just helped <laughs> in so many ways. And I know that it will in yours as well. Hey there, fellow entrepreneur. Welcome to Simple SEO and Marketing with me, Faith Hannon. Do you want to grow your business with organic marketing and finally feel like you can understand SEO? Are you scouring the internet for how to get more website traffic, SEO for dummies, and how to market on Pinterest? Have you tried to grow your business with SEO and blogging only to get frustrated and quit because it's overwhelming and too time consuming? Been there. <laughs> hey, I'm Faith Hannon, Jesus lover, copywriter, blogger, wife, wrangler of tiny humans, and barrel racer. And let me tell you, I didn't have time to waste sorting through SEO and keyword strategies that either didn't work or were so over my head I couldn't understand them. I honestly thought that SEO and blogging only worked for people with a PhD in tech jargon and a whole team of employees. Until I learned these secrets, good SEO strategies don't have to be complicated and creating and marketing great content doesn't have to take more than a couple hours a week total. So pop in those earbuds, slam some coffee, and let's grow your business with simple organic marketing and a healthy dose of biblical encouragement along the way. Well, hey friends. So I have already introduced Aubrey to you, but I just wanted to welcome you officially, Aubrey, to the Simple SEO and Marketing Show. We're so glad to have you. I actually pitched to Aubrey and I was like, would you come on my show and teach my people, please? And she was like, yes. So Aubrey, would you just like tell us, tell the people in your, tell us in your own words, <laughs> a little bit about who you are and your journey and how you got here. My name is Aubrey Malik. I'm a wife and a boy mom. I've got two little guys here. Um, I used to stay at home because they, ever since I've been growing my business, they've been at home with me, but they're getting ready to to go to school. And I'm going to experience what it's like to be a mom that works from home with no kids, which seems very crazy to me because I've only ever built my business in the nap time hours. But I started my business really just because I wanted more flexibility. I was a teacher and I love what I did as a teacher. Of course, there were some things that I would have changed about that, but I just, even though teachers will say you have the best schedule and you're at home with your kids, I just found myself feeling really guilty leaving my kids to go take care of other kids. And I just wanted to be at home with them. And I honestly, when I first started my business, my goal was just to like be at home with them until they were in school. And then I was like, oh, and then I'll go back and teach at the school that they're at. Um, and I had tried a lot of different things to make money from home. I tutored kids at the public library. I taught kids English online. I joined a couple different network marketing companies and nothing really seemed to bring enough income where I could go to my husband and be like, look, I 
you know, want to step away from this, you know, for the next five years and that we could feel financially okay. Uh, my husband's a school counselor. So we are both riding that uh, teacher salary income, which is not very much. So I knew I needed to at least like come close to replacing that. Um, and back in October of 2018, I learned about becoming a virtual assistant and freelancing and supporting other business owners. And it honestly had a lot of similarities to what I was doing as a teacher. It was kind of just like changing the environment. Like I would be supporting and helping them um, and coming up with solutions to their problems and uh, just a lot of the skills, natural skills that I already had as a teacher. So um started my business in October of 2018. I was seven months pregnant. And I had a goal to not replace my income at first. Um, I wanted to at least make $1,000. That was like my big student loan payment. So to make $1,000 so that I could at least take care of that. And I'm like, okay, then anything extra that we make will be helpful too. Um, And so my first month, I made $800 uh, working with clients. My second month, I made right around $1,500. And I was like, okay, I hit it. Um, I went to my husband. I was like, can I I step away? Um, And so I resigned from my teaching job. And I haven't been back since. And that was a little over four years ago. Um, and throughout that time, I, you know, replaced my teaching income. I grew my freelancing business, working with clients, coming completely booked out. Um, and then I missed that teaching side of my previous life. And so I had people coming to me wanting to know, like, how did I leave my teaching job? And even people who already had, um, who already had been freelancing and had already been working with clients, how was I able to replace my income? How did I make that happen? And so I started a podcast just sharing those things and kind of almost it was like a diary of like, here's all the things that I've done in the past year and here's what's worked well and here's what hasn't. And just kind of sharing that. Um, and that naturally led to people wanting to work with me in more of, you know, coach capacity and launching courses and programs along that, helping other people, either the moms who were in the same position that I was in, wanting to get started, wanting to find a way to make money from home so that they could step away from that traditional nine to five job and just have more flexibility or people who were already established and were looking to grow and scale that even more um, than they already had. So that is kind of my journey from going from elementary teacher to freelancer to now online coach and podcaster. I love that. I love, And so one of the things that I, cause I found you on Chelsea Doe's podcast, like while I was literally shoveling poop, <laughs> cleaning horse stalls. And I'm like, I love this gal. Cause my, I'm a teacher's kid. My mom taught forever, retired from teaching. And like my aunt, aunts and uncles that I grew up with like teachers. And so like, I would, I, I knew from a young age, like teachers work their tushes off for beans. <laughs> and I was like, not, not for me that. And like large groups of booger eaters, like I can't handle that. Like give me my own kids and like teenagers. But I always knew that teaching wasn't like my thing, but I have so much respect for teachers, but I also understand like that not want, you don't want that to be your life, you know, mm-hmm. and for everybody, you know? And so I love that. I love that. So tell me a little bit about like, so you started off doing like VA type work. Mm -hmm. And then did you move into like an OBM role or were you just mainly virtual assistant freelancing and what all were you doing in there? What, like, what's your definition of virtual assistant versus freelance versus OBM? Because I feel like those are just really 
ambiguous terms. Yeah. So I would say like freelancer is kind of the umbrella term, right? Like that is an independent contractor who's self-employed. They come in and they help business owners run their business. And that can mean a variety of things. A virtual assistant is one branch of that. And I like to say the virtual assistant is kind of the jack of all trades. Um, they can kind of do a little bit of everything. They do a lot of admin support, just kind of helping you take some of those things that are on your to-do list that you're like, they, ne- they never seem to get done because they seem they seem like minute tasks to you, but they're like things that I need to get done. Like I need to respond to my emails and I need to schedule these calls and I need to organize my um, Google drive because I can't find anything in there. Um, just handing some of those tasks off. That's really what a, a virtual assistant would do. Um, an OBM is more of the overseer where the virtual assistant is kind of the doer. So they'll, they will just do the tasks that you need to hand off them. You kind of just say like, here's what I need from you. They will do that. The OBM is kind of the overseer. So they're going to come into the business and kind of almost serve as like that right hand to the business owner and help them to delegate tasks, help them to oversee. So they're not, they're not always doing all the things. They're kind of the delegator. So instead of the CEO doing all that delegation, the OBM will come in and say like, okay, here's what we're working on. Here are the projects that we have. Here's where, you know, this person's going to handle this part of the project. And then this person's going to do this part. They might, the OBM might do some of that role, some of the actual execution of it, but they're really more going to oversee everything, help the business flow. Um, They can kind of come in and see where maybe some of those holes might be in the business and they can help to fill those gaps. Maybe they can help you to bring in a VA if you don't already have somebody, or maybe they can help to bring in um, somebody else. Maybe the VA was doing um, a lot of tasks and maybe they can look at those tasks and say, okay, maybe we can hire somebody. Uh, Maybe the VA was doing a lot of social media stuff. Maybe we can hire somebody that actually does social media, that that's what they focus on. Um, And we can make sure that it's not just something that's just being done, but somebody who has a strategy in place to help them to execute that as well. Okay. So the OBM is more the manager of the people. Mm -hmm. The VA is more the doer of the things. Yes, exactly. That's a really great explanation. (laughs) And the freelancers could be anything from social media managers, content writers, copywriters, all of, all of those things, like anything you can hire out basically. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Cool. So here's, here's kind of my question, like selfishly as a business owner, (laughs) like, what do you, what are the first steps that you would recommend from the business owner side? If somebody's like, Hey, help, 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 help. I need help. I can't do it all. I'm drowning. Like, where do they even start with bringing on a freelancer? So usually that virtual assistant is that first role that a lot of people will bring on because they're just finding that there's a lot of tasks that they're just not getting to. And that's usually what I would tell you to look at is to kind of create that list of like everything that needs to get done in your business and start to categorize those things. What are things in the business that I, as the business owner need to do? So like for you and me, we both have podcasts. Mm -hmm. I do need to show up and record the podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Do I need to do all the other things that go along with the podcast? No. Is that something that I can outsource? Sure. Um, so really getting all of those tasks of all those things that need to get done in the business and then categorize. What is something that I need to do that I need to show up and do? What is something that I can do, but I'm not good at? And what are things that like I just know I never want to touch and I don't want to do? Mm-hmm. Those are those tasks that I would start with. I think some people think when they hire out that they need to bring somebody and this person needs to take over like a huge chunk of their tasks. 
And I usually recommend to people, if you're just getting started hiring out, start small. Um, Start with something that feels doable for you because it is a learning curve. And as much as you're bringing somebody on to to support you and to take things off your plate, it's going to be a learning curve for both of you to learn how to work with somebody else, how to delegate those things. Uh, Being a teacher, it was really hard for me when I made my first hire because I'm like, I like being in control. I like, you know, things going my way. Like I like to do things the way that I do them. And a lot of business owners are like that too, especially if you've built this business from the ground up, you're very um, passionate about it. It really is hard to like let go of that. So I, I recommend easing into it. And what you might find is once you ease into it and once you let some things go and you realize, even though I thought, oh, like I can answer these emails. It doesn't take me that long or I can respond to these things or, uh, you know, whatever those little, little tasks are. Getting rid of those things takes such a mental load off mm-hmm. of you and frees up sp- space for you to be able to do the things that are actually going to generate the revenue in the business. Mm-hmm. And even for me, even though like I thought my way is the best way, somebody can come in and do it better than me. Um, not, or not even better than me, but it, it, if it was something that was not getting done, at least mm-hmm. now it is getting done. Um, so starting really small with, with your hiring, easing into that, growing into that. Um, and like I personally don't always hire for somebody who has like the most skills. Mm-hmm. I like to hire people who I know can grow with me, mm-hmm. um, who are teachable, who we click because this is going to be somebody that you're going to be working with probably closely in the beginning as you start to hand things off. So you want it to be somebody that you enjoy working with, right? Like we probably had people in our previous jobs that we didn't love working with. Now we get to choose that. So starting small um, and really taking the time to find somebody that you feel like you align with and you click with and your values are the same. I think that for me has worked way better than just hiring somebody for their skill set um, and really looking to find somebody that I could grow with and that we really could connect with. Yeah, for sure. And, and for me, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm an eight and I don't know if you're into the Enneagram. I'm like, I just know a little bit. Right. And I'm an eight. And so like trust is a big thing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I would rather hire somebody that I trust mm-hmm. and train the skills. You know, I can train the skills exactly mm-hmm. how I want them. I can record me a loom video and be like, do it just like this, you know, and then they can. And if they have a better way, they can have, they have the freedom to do that. But I'm like, this is what's working. If you have something better, go ahead. <laughs> Fly, mm-hmm. birdie, you know? So I think that that's, that's really something that probably a lot of business owners struggle with is like, what do I do? How do I start? And so thank you for speaking to that. I really appreciate that. So what, like, what are the most common, like just tasks? I know email is a huge one. What are the most common tasks that you're like, please take it, fix it for me. Yeah. I think a big one. And I don't know how you feel about this faith, but like social media, a lot of people are just like, they, they know they, they don't even need to show up on it. But mm-hmm. for me, social media has become something where it's like, I don't, I don't always enjoy, like I used to mm-hmm. enjoy being on social media, like to see all my friends and to see what they were doing. And now that it's become a part of my business, it's not always something that like I enjoy doing, but I also know that that is a part of growing a business is having some, some kind of presence where people can come and connect with you and, and learn with you. Um, so social media is a big one that people hire out for to begin with. Again, a lot of that admin work mm-hmm. of things that just need to get done. It's a part of running the business. Um, people will hire out for bookkeepers to begin with. Um, 
any like light graphic design, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a full branding suite Mm -hmm. and logo and everything. But if you need some graphics for your business, maybe on Pinterest, maybe for your social media, maybe for any of the groups or programs that you run, um, hiring out for graphic design. I know like I don't have a graphic design, Mm -hmm. uh, design bone in my body. It's just not something that I've been gifted with, even though like I do feel I'm pretty creative. Like I just don't know like what really looks well together. So um, hiring out for that, that's re- really where a lot of people start. One thing I was going to say too, when you were talking about it, it um, brought something up for me, creating a loom video. That could be something if you're like, I don't know what to hire out for. Mm-hmm. Or if like the thought of hiring out seems like a daunting task, like how am I going to teach this person all this stuff and train them? Mm-hmm. One thing that I would recommend that you do is those tasks that you would be thinking about hiring out for. The next time you go in to do that, record yourself, just do a loom video of you doing that, talk through that process, and then just create a bank of those, put them in a Google drive folder so that you have them organize them. You know, like, um, if it's like customer service emails, here's how I would respond to customer service emails, or even going through and like, if you've responded to customer service emails before, start creating a bank of responses that you have done of like, here's how I would respond to this email, even just like screenshots of that put that into folders and like categorize that. So then when you do go to hire that out, you do already have those things. That was kind of what I was touching on. It's like Mm. bringing somebody on, like as much as it's going to be a relief, once you actually let go of those tasks, it is, there is a learning curve. And some of those things can help the process go smoother. If you do have ways that you like to do things, or if somebody is going to be taking over something that you do feel like, Mm. wow, this is something that is a big part of my business, like responding to customers and emails, like I want to make sure that you're going to respond the way that it would, like, I want them to feel like it's Aubrey responding if I have somebody that takes over that. So anything that you can think of that you can compile together. And again, just recording yourself doing that process the next time you do something. Yeah. And one of the things that I have found with hiring out some things is it frees up so much more creativity for my brain because I'm not as bogged down in the daily tasks and the editing and that kind of stuff. And so my brain is able to just like, go bigger and get more in the visionary seat. And I don't, one of the things that I was, um, my husband and I were talking about, cause we just had a little vision retreat for our marriage and just the business and all that this past weekend is I love the fact that as a business owner, I am able to take my skills and my God given gifts and help people, but also that I'm able to to hire people with different skills and different gifts mm-hmm. and allow them to use their God given gifts you know, to be a blessing to their family and their people. Like nobody likes doing something that they suck at. (laughs) So being able to like, just objectively look at my business or, you know, if you're listening to this to objectively look at your business and be like, "Mm, yeah, I really suck at this thing, but there's somebody else that is gifted at that, that I can allow them to run in their strengths you know, and really take that. And, you know, I gladly pay them. Like I'm very happy to pay my accountant. Like, please take these dollars. Mm -hmm. It makes me so happy (laughs) to give you these dollars, you know, but just to even like make that mental shift of like feeling like you have to do it all, whether you're good at it or not to like, no, like let's focus on my strengths and let's let somebody else focus on their strengths and just pair that beautifully together. And we all flourish in that place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a, it was, you know, I think about to the first couple of people who hired me to help them in their business. Like they might not have known that, but they were, they were helping me work towards that goal of being mm-hmm. at home with my kids, which is all I wanted. Like I would, I told my husband, like, if I had to sell soap on the side of the road, like I would do it. Like that's, that was truly what I wanted. So I think about that too. Now that I, 
you know, in the beginning, I wasn't in a position to outsource stuff my business, but as my business has grown, mm-hmm. it is shifting that mindset too. And it's, you, you could look at it from the place of like, oh, I'm, you know, it, it is hard to let go of the control and relinquish that, or it is hard to, to see the hard earned money that you're bringing in, you know, finally, when you're at a place in your business where your business is ge- generating enough revenue where you can start to outsource, it is hard to be like, oh, like now that's, that's going out the door, but shifting your mindset around like, wow, I'm really like blessing somebody now. Like now I'm able to help somebody who has that same goal of like, I want to be at home with my kids. Like I get to help her work towards that goal. So um, that has just been, you're right. Like just shifting your mindset around that can really help it to, to feel a little bit easier, both on the financial side of things, but also if you are somebody who does struggle with letting pieces of your business go um, for a variety of reasons, like kind of shifting the way that you're looking about it and thinking like, I'm blessing this person. They get to shine. I get to stay in my area of expertise and I don't have to do it all. And that's why we have people who we can hire to support us because we we don't have to do it all. Right. Right. So here's, here's my next question for you. Like how and where, how do you find the right VA? How do you, how do you find the person or, and you know, like, and it doesn't have to be like the person, like you're not married to this person, you know, we can hire and fire and that's just part of work. But like, where do you even go about looking for, um, a freelancer or a virtual assistant and what kind of questions do you ask? Like, where do you even start with that? Yeah. Um, I, there, there are so many places that you can go to find, I mean, you could go to Instagram and search, you know, if you're website designer, so like I have a website and show it, like I could go into Instagram and search, like show it website designer, or I could search like CPA and find people and and see if there's anybody that I connect with there. I've had really great luck just leaning into referrals from people. So leaning into your online community and saying, Hey, I'm looking to hire a virtual assistant. I'm looking for somebody who has, you know, at least some experience with this, this, and this, do you know of anybody? Um, that has served me really well. Mm-hmm. Of course, there are like Facebook groups that you can go into if you if you can tap into that. Um, you're probably going to get bombarded with a bunch of people, which is fine. It's not the end of the world. But I personally like I love a good recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, I love you know, supporting somebody who has come highly recommended. And I also like, I teach people at this point now how to get started with this. So mm-hmm. for me, I, I like to tap into my own community of people mm-hmm. because like they already know me, they know the type of person that I am. So I know I don't have to do that. Like if I bring somebody on to help me with social media, like they already know, they probably follow me on social media. They see how I talk. They, they mm-hmm. read my emails. So it's a little bit easier for them to get into that mind frame of me, but I love a good referral. So don't like be afraid to ask around. Probably people have, have worked with some really great people and have worked with some not so great people. So you might be surprised with where to find people, but tapping into those online communities, utilizing social media, um, and, and taking your time with it too. Like, the heart, the right person might be, might take a little bit of work. You might have to kiss a few, few frogs before you find that, that person that feels like the right fit. Um, so like I said, ease into it. Don't, don't feel like I have to, you know, hand everything off to this person. Start slow, mm-hmm. see how you work together. Um, cause it, it needs to be both a good fit on both sides of things. Like you want it to be a good fit for you to outsource those things, but you also like want that person to feel like, oh, this, this, feels like they can take more, more off my plate. So when you ease into it, you don't feel like, oh my gosh, I just spent all this money and it didn't end up working out. Um, cause that might, that might happen. So yeah, I would, I would personally start with your referrals, recommendations from people, and then you can always, you know, go from there, but that has served me well when I've been outsourcing in my business. It's funny that even in our super digital world, right? Like it's still the interpersonal relationships and the personal connections that people go to for, mm-hmm. 
you know, recommendations and even products. Like sometimes I just get stinking tired of Googling something and I just want to talk to a friend, like what recipe actually tastes good, you know, or like, who have you worked with that you like that you don't like, you know, and just, it speaks again to like how important it is to serve your people well, because your next job might be on the other side of that referral of that person you just worked with. Yeah. I always tell all of my students that too, when they're like, how do I find clients? I'm like, how many conversations are you having with people? Because it's not always going to be, you know, the per like somebody might go into a Facebook group. Like you could go into a Facebook group, you know, of people that you've connected with. Hey, I'm looking to hire a virtual assistant, a social media manager, whatever. Can you, you know, if you, if this is something that you offer, can you respond here or can you send me an email? Mm -hmm. You might get clients that way, but I, I truly believe it's about building relationships and connections with people because you could build a relationship with somebody who would never, ever hire because mm-hmm. maybe they already have somebody that they love and that they've already worked with. But mm-hmm. that person could be the biggest referral machine for you mm-hmm. and could send you could send you way many more clients than you could on your own. So I always encourage people like make sure you're having conversations with people, even if it's somebody who would never hire you, even if it's somebody who's doing the same thing as you, because there might come a point where that person, you know, say you both, um, you know, provide Pinterest services, that person might get booked out. They can now that they you guys are friends, like they can send that, you know, that person that came to them, I'm completely booked out, but I have a friend that does this. She's great. So building relationships with people is one of the best ways to grow your business, no matter what type of business you have. Mm-hmm. Yep. Love that. Love that. So my last question for you is, so if you, if you were somebody that you were a freelancer, you've got a business as a freelancer, you're just like scrappy McScrap in to get clients. How do you move from that like freelancer mindset to just to a CEO mindset? Because I mean, that's your whole brand is freelancer to CEO. So can you offer us some, just some good tips and maybe even some mindset shifts to like make that transition? Yeah, I think the first thing, and and I did this from very early on in my business, which a lot of people are like, you know, how did you grow and, and grow your business so quickly? I would say don't be afraid to invest in yourself. I think one of the biggest things that people will cause people to want to give up is because things are not happening fast enough. And there's definitely a time and place where you can be super resourceful. You can do it all. You can figure it out. I am definitely a person who's like, I'm going to find a way to get an answer to this. But there also comes a point in time where you need to say like, okay, I could figure out how to do this, but somebody could help me figure out how to do this way faster. Or somebody could walk me through all the obstacles and help me overcome that. So don't be afraid to make that investment in yourself. I think people are afraid because it's like, sometimes it it can feel like it's a lot of money to even to outsource in your business, right? You will definitely see that return on investment because it's just going to save you so much time. And if there's one thing that I've learned both in life and in business is Time is the only thing that we can't get back. There's always something that I could do. Tomorrow, I could put together a brand new offer that can make me more money. I could never get more time back. So if somebody can come in and help you to navigate it, to help you to overcome some of those mindset roadblocks, right? Like somebody else has already navigated through that process. So if they can come in and help you with that, that to me is is worth every single penny. So don't be afraid to make that investment, to make that jump. That will help you to get to where you want to go. And I think the next thing, and I just talked about this in one of the emails that I wrote is to really like set small measurable goals. I think you could look at my situation. I wanted to leave my teaching job. That was a big lofty goal. Mm -hmm. And 
it might feel really hard to reach that because it's like, wow, that seems so far off. It's going to take me a lot to get there. So instead of like just shooting for that at first, what are some small measurable goals that I could set along the way that are going to help me build that momentum over time? So it was like, okay, you know, like, let me make, let me get my first client. That's a, that's a win that I can get. Okay, great. Let me make my first $1,000. Great. That's a win that I can celebrate that those wins over time are going to help build your confidence. So when you, when you're starting to make that transition, or even if you're first getting started or no matter where you're at in business, looking at like where you want to go and how can I celebrate some milestones along the way so that I can keep my motivation going? Because sometimes those goals that you're working for are they are far off. Like you do need to go through that messy middle to get there. I, all of us would love to be just picked up and plopped into, you know, that big goal that we're chasing, but you need to go through that messy middle. It's going to help prepare you. All of us have to do that. Even if it, even if you find somebody online, you're like, Oh, it looks like they had overnight success. Like they have gone through that messy middle. So don't be afraid to set those small goals that will help you to keep going. Even when the going gets tough. And if I had to give one more, I mean, I could be here all day with like all these different, this is, this is like your whole business. I'm like, Hey, right. tell me your whole business philosophy in 30 seconds. For now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the other thing is just kind of going back to what we talked about, like even with referrals is having an online community, having some kind of support that you can tap into for me, even to this day, I, I don't know anybody personally you know, in my day-to-day life that I see that is doing this. Mm -hmm. And it can get really hard in the, in that messy middle of trying to do this and feeling like there's nobody that I can lean on. There's nobody I can ask for support. There's nobody that gets what I'm going through. So making sure you have a community around you to help you through those things, even if it it doesn't need to be this big community. Oftentimes the best communities are when it, when it's a smaller group of people that you know that, Hey, if I reach out, like they're going to respond, they're going to give me that support or even give me that accountability or the kick in the pants that I need um, to get through the things that I'm going through or to accomplish the things that I'm working towards. So those have been like three really big things that have helped me no matter where I'm at in business, helping me kind of navigate and transition from just being, you know, the freelancer who this is kind of something that I do on the side, like, oh, I really want to transition to more of that CEO role. And is your community, is it like a an organized mastermind or is it just friends that you've made that you keep in touch with? Uh, both. I, I I have some people that I talk, like I've never met them in person, which is still so crazy to me, but we talk every single day through Voxer and we just check in or, or we check in, you know, some weeks can go by and things have gotten busy, but I've also like, I'm a part of a mastermind now too, that again, like I, I don't ever want to get to the place in my business where I feel like I've learned it all. I know it all. Like I've done it. Like there's still things that I'm navigating. And and that's, I think it's encouraging for other people to see too, is that even though from the outside looking in, it might seem like, oh, she's had the success and she has all these things. Like I am still growing. I'm still learning. There are still times where I deal with imposter syndrome and I deal with, you know, is my business going to burn to the ground? So having a, a mastermind of people who are in a similar place in you. And also like I'm, it was really hard for me at first because of course nobody wants to feel like the dumbest person in the room, but having people who are like are further ahead because mm-hmm. that gives you something to be like, wow, like look at what they're capable of. Like I would love to glean some information from them or have them support me along the way or help me to navigate through these things. So um, both of those types of, of communities have been helpful for me. Well, cool. Well, cool. Well, thank you so, so much. Um, why don't you tell all of my friends where they can find you and about any programs that you have? Yeah, absolutely. So Aubrey Malik, pretty much on all the social platforms. My website is Um, 
if you're looking to outsource and you want to, you know, tap into a community of people who, like I said, I, I train and teach other women how to become freelancers, how to work with clients. Um, we do have a hire form that you can fill out and we can help connect you with some people, especially if you're like, I don't want to go into a Facebook group and get bombarded with, you know, a hundred different emails. Um, that's aubreymalik.com forward slash hire. If you want to get a recommendation for a freelancer who has been through my program and has been trained by me. And yeah, those are all the places that you can come. Connect you have a podcast. And I have a podcast. I was like, I just, I was like, did I already say the podcast name? But yeah, podcast freelancer to CEO too. Oh, cool. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and sharing your story and your expertise and really what you're bringing to the marketplace and helping women with. So I appreciate that. So thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Faith. Thank you so much for listening in today. Hopefully this episode gave you some really tangible tips for better SEO and marketing to get more leads and more sales from your website. If it did, can I ask you a quick favor? Would you please share this episode with a friend and then just take 10 seconds and go leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. That is the very best way to help more Jesus-loving entrepreneurs scale their businesses so that they can help more people with their gifts and make an even bigger impact for the kingdom of God. And guess what? We now have a Facebook community where we can learn, hang out, and laugh. Go join the Facebook group now. It's linked in the show notes. And all the other things, courses, coaching, and copywriting can be found at my website, faithhannon.com. Until next time, God bless, and I'll talk to you soon.